Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
you are tuned into 199 Radio. It's 6 p.m. on a Tuesday, which means every other Tuesday you are listening to my favourite labels with me, Gareth Main. This is a show where I invite in someone or some people this week uh, from one of my favourite labels, uh, innovative, ex- exciting, independent record label. And I am beyond excited to say that this week I am joined by Chris and Johnny from the magnificent Rocket Recordings. Uh, they're looking they're looking a little bit like they're trying to stop my hyperbole. I said on Facebook beforehand I was going to control the hyperbole, but here we are, 20 seconds in. I haven't even let you speak yet, and I'm already doing it. We make us blush. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But no, thanks for the high praise. That's Good to be here. It's not, it's not just me with the high praise. Um, if you are not aware of Rocket, you might be aware of the track that we just played. That is, I did a straw poll in the office this morning, and most people knew Goat, uh, the disco music, uh, disco fever from the album World Music, released in... 2012. 2012, and now we're talking about this just while the track was playing. 22,000 copies on vinyl. I think, yeah, I think you worked it out. 22 on vinyl, and I think about 20, 21 on CD. So, and God knows how many streams or uh, downloads. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. The ones that you're not paid for, exactly. right? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. But no, it's a wonderful record. And, you know, outside of GOAT, because the label is obviously way more than just one band, Quietest Best of 2017, four records I've got here listed for this year already that the Quietest love. I think that was more than any other label had in oh, that, in yeah, that that's listing. Very, very humbling. And uh, I think last year or year before last, we had another four or five in in their end of year as well, which again is you know it's, it's amazing. It's great that people get it. <laughs> yeah. Twenty fifteen four shit and shine. Hey Colossus. Nod. Teeth of the sea. Then this year we've got Hey Colossus. Temple O V B B V. Is that how you say that? Yeah, Temple of BBV. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, pigs, 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 pigs. That, was that seven? I, I always get it right. It's, uh, it's oh, the well cadence <laughs> of the pigs. You have to do seven. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Nod again. In fact, Nod was in their best of last year as well. They just love Nod as I do as and well. And they're a prolific band. You know, they're, they're, they're guaranteed we'll do an album a year, if not more. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're uh, lucky. Yeah, they are, uh, well, they're a wonderful band. I mean, I would test you right now, in fact, on if you know the name of the title of the album of which Nod have just released and came number five in the quietest as best of 2017 um just say no to me (laughs) (laughs) I can go with uh, just say no to the psycho right wing capitalist fascist industrial death machine yeah. Title of the year. It is. It's, a, <laughs> it's a blazoned on many T-shirts at Supernormal Festival and any site gig that I ever go to. And Millie Oyster Festa as well, I saw it a fair bit well, out there. Just say no, no. Exactly, it's just say no, that's what we say. But um, I mean, I guess especially that was a title which the band told us was well before the, sort of the, the current political climate, really. It was a bit of a head. It was very much a response to what was going on up in Manchester, I think, you know, and, and the change up there. So when the album actually came out, it became actually very... Mm-hmm clear and very um, apt to what's you know what's going on at the moment so um, yeah a bit of a happy accident t-shirts sold pretty well around yes. election yeah. My, yeah. on um, my last show here I was talking about drunk discogs buys uh, usually records Done. from my early from my 90s like when I was growing up and I'm happy to say that the uh, just say no 
to the whatever I just said t-shirt <laughs> yeah, just... was was one of those drunken bus purchase bus trip home purchases wow. for me <laughs> and I'd totally forgotten about it until it arrived in the post and I was pretty oh, happy about that I'm glad it arrived oh, right. that's, that's down to John then okay yeah <laughs> did it come from us uh, yeah yeah it was from the bank it was from rocketrecordings.bandcamp.com yeah. <laughs> it was also the uh, it was the nice red one which is uh, yeah. yeah which doesn't have the name nod in it no, I was, that's uh, right wasn't so that's the stronger so, one the, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the authentic one yeah. is what I'm going with. <laughs> um, but obviously the releases aren't done for this year. We've got an amazing one coming out that just came out. Um, yes, The Housewives. Yes, yeah, so that album came out on Friday and they did their album launch um, at Saturday at Cafe Otto, which was fantastic. They came along and did a blistering set, I thought, and uh, really, really made us proud again. So, um, and yeah, really, really happy with this album. So it's, it's really good. So they're, they're heading around now. So um, are you chucking it on? Um, uh, yeah, I'm uh, just playing. I'm just having some technical issues. <laughs> right but yeah, I'll put I'll put it on in a sec. Do it, great. So um, yeah, so they're heading out on soon, doing some shows, um, and yeah, again, it's 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 a great record. You know, they're they're a great band to work with, and uh, it's our first record with them, so it's always you know it's like a new relationship and everything. But uh, <laughs> but it's been great, you know. And again, just seeing what they're like live and seeing them play is just, just stunning. And I think they've done a fantastic record for us. Cool. And as I'm in the process of testing John on his knowledge of um, uh, ti- song titles from Rocket Recordings, uh, this is the second track on the Housewives record. Do you know what it's called? Excellent. Well done. Here it is.
Oh, and there it is. Crash ending. Is that, is that happened on the record itself? Yes, it's a DJ-friendly record, you know. It's one of those that's actually, yeah, you, you've got to be keep your wits about you when you listen <laughs> to that or play that one out. Well, it's actually, we were just, like, chatting about random stuff anyway. <laughs> just like, completely ignoring... Well, carry the on the play. random chat. So, so that's the sounds of Housewives, the t- uh, catchily titled Exit 2. And, Johnny, the name of the album is... <laughs> I'm going to be cruel. I don't think it's even listed. I don't think we've got it listed there, but it is F, F, some, and then a series of numbers. Yes. Okay. It is definitely one of my, that Nod record we were talking about before is definitely one of my favorite records of the year. Housewives may be beating it. Both are absolutely spectacular. Um, You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful record. And yeah, it's one of the things that uh, I really love about Rocket releases generally is the artwork for them. So that Housewives one has a beautiful sort of cutout element to it as the Goat World. Is that that the... It's called a die cut, yeah. You're both graphic designers, is that correct? Yes, yes. that's right. I am humbly not. So (laughs) it's... uh, There are too many of them out there, so I think it's probably good. Okay. Um, But yeah, the world music one as well is uh, in a very unfair to uh, file in your record collection cut sleeve as well because it keeps catching the it little W's on it. itself as it goes. He's got to put it in a nice plastic bag so it actually um, stays nice and pristine but otherwise it will. buy many copies. Yeah, that, that's the 22,000 co- exactly. 22, copies. Exactly, a few times. You've just got 22 people who have bought 1,000 copies each. Because they keep destroying them. Yeah, that's exactly. fine. No, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, John said being designers is something which the whole aesthetic of a sleeve has always been extremely important to us, you know, and um, I mean, with Housewives, I mean, that was their concept, that one, actually. That they, they come up with the idea, and we like working with bands like that, you know, on, on, on ideas where world music, or, I mean, that was something that I worked on. A bit of a happy accident, really. It was, we had a sleeve lined up, and um, we were commissioning an image, but the artist, the photographer, sort of dropped out about two weeks before we had to go to manufacture, so we had to quickly come up with an idea. Um, and that just sort of idea came through, but in, in the end, we're more happy with the way that's come out than if we actually went with the photos. So yeah. it was, again, it was probably a very good move, but um, by accident, really. Yeah, and is that how you guys met? Was over working in the same sort of industry or like school? School and the label? Secondary school. And the label is now 20 years old next year. You. You know, you, you know. I mean, that's right. But yes, it's, it's yeah. We've been around nineteen years. But yeah, me and me and John met in third year art, was it? I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah third year art. Um, John was into hip hop. I was into thrash, <laughs> and we just sort of bonded on music, even though the music was very different. We sort of bonded on the passion of of, of that music, I suppose. And uh, he got into hip hop then, and I got into thrash, and we completely switched. <laughs> so that. So then, yeah, let's uh, form a uh, record label. Well, I mean, obviously that came a lot later yeah. on, but I think the idea of having sort of these different tastes in music definitely made us think, I, you don't have to just listen to one sort of music. And I think our tastes were always very, very open and very wide. And we've always sort of not worried about, well, that's a genre you shouldn't be listening to. If you like it, you like it. And I yeah. think that early on from mix, me listening to hip-hop, I him listening to thrash, definitely helped us have this sort of um, more open approach to, to music and sound. And what was the moment? So, I mean, I think most people listening to this show will have had that moment where they meet someone over and bond over music or something like that. What was the moment that made one of you speak to the other one about music or what you were into? It was a foul, wasn't it? Um, yeah, to be honest, what happened was we were playing football in school and uh, John was running down the wing with a ball, and I couldn't Scary quite. Theory. Yeah, well, I couldn't catch him, 
So I tripped him up, I took his legs away. And so I fouled him, basically. He, he stood up and sort of confronted me, and we sort of had this little face-off. The next thing you know, we were actually sat in art together for the first time, and we just started chatting. <laughs> so in a way, you could say, you know, that's what actually made it. But, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so the musically, I think it was just the general, like I said, you know, I was listening to these things, John was listening to his things, and we just sort of shared records, went around each other's houses, listened to stuff. And that's just, I suppose, how it went from there, really. Yeah, and then how, uh, so what was, uh, so then how did the Catalyst come to do the label? Okay, well, I suppose the label, I mean, again, that was, move fast forward, yeah, 10 years. Um, and there was m- uh, myself and a, and a friend of ours, uh, more a friend of John's brothers, actually, older brothers originally, his name's Simon. And uh, me and Simon were at a gig in Bristol. Uh, it was the band The Heads and um, supported by a band called Lily Dan White. And one of the guys from Lily Dan White is now in the band Curo and Anthroprof and, and so on. So he was a good friend of ours. Anyway, this, this gig was going on and it was amazing. And I think Simon and myself just turned to each other at one point and thought, you know what, drunkenly, we should uh, put this out on record. We should do a releases on record. And mm-hmm. next day, I suppose, when that, you know, that, that, that drunken haze sort of vanished, we actually thought, well, why not actually? Let's, let's put this record out. So... It was, you know, them, and then we got a chat into them, and both bands said, why don't we do a split seven-inch? So our first release was that, and, I mean, John's sort of involvement came right from the beginning. I mean, he helped stuff the first seven-inches into the sleeves right from the start, and then I think within... It was just, I was obviously so good at it, they thought they'd actually kind of get me on board. So, yeah, so so John became a permanent member within about six months of the label starting, and then it's just sort of been going on since then. So, you know, it was... An idea, a drunken idea, which um, is still going 20 years later. <laughs> so, um, Obviously the uh, catalyst for all terrible ideas, but here you are, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you, again, how we're still here, I mean, who knows? You know, I thought you learn from your mistakes more from your, than your successes, I suppose, and yeah. we've just learned along the way. Just not, made a lot of mistakes. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't go do it that way, and it just sort of pushes you down a path, and I suppose that's I suppose, where we are now i suppose and we got a song lined up here by ultramagnetic mcs why have we got that queued up um it was just a hip-hop album that we just fell in love with i don't really know i can't explain exactly why that is it was just something that really spoke to us both at that time cool keith cool keith i guess yeah so go for it okay this track is called give the uh, give the drummer some Ultramagnetics in full effect. We talked about giving the drummer some. You know what? Your cool key tone was on your mind. I'm ready. And now it's my turn to build, uplift, get swift, then drift off. And do my own thing. Switch up. Change my pitch up. Smack my bitch up. Like a pimp. For any rapper who attempt to wear troops and step on my path. I'm willing as an A1 general, rhyme enforcer. 235 on a rhyme test. What other group of vests and line? I put them all behind. Play MC Ultra as a warning sign of my skill and what my mind deserves. I smell a great in the duck preserves. And who deserves the right to be king of the screen? And shout whack poetry. What are you bugging germs that want to lure me? Quit it before I heat your ear off. Let your burn deduct another year off rapping. For a face I'm slapping. Give me applause when hands start clapping. Like give the drummer some. 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 
force delta when i enter your best take shelter because i'm dope and yes i will melt her anyone who tried to even felt the emotion i thought that they could hang with me i cut you up because you are my enemy on my stage interfering with my radius so step back because i'm gonna start to spray with this can of ray spray if you're a germ filthy like aids i'll clean you up with heat Scrubbing and scrubbing Like a mistake on paper I'm rubbing, erasing You out like some ink Cause you're dirty Your rhyme to stink like garbage Have to put you in a hefty Or instead, should I just let the weak MCs Accumulate like dust Take out my duster, shine them up Then teach them respect Hook them up just like a tape deck And mono a stereo Cause I'm a real pro with a cameo And not an afro This beat is funky, I'm letting it go You know why? Some rappers are rating us, some are hating us, some are talking, some debating us critically. But physically, my mind is self-taught like a rap pro designed this matter to burn MCs and toys with flame. 500 degrees of rhymes that heat and cook and sizzle. Your brain is on the grill at nighttime. And what about the daytime? I hear the whack ones, they get a lot of playtime. Saying they're whack and wasting my airtime. You're number two and next to my spare time. Another rhyme has to be controlling. And for your brain, that must have been stolen. Token, yes, taken away. I'm on the court and I'm fading away with a jumper. I shoot a rhyme in your face. Add the points while I rob the base. Incredible, coming three dimensions. Parallel with the funky extensions. I'm cool, keep running rap conventions on time. Now give the drummer some.
Okay, so either there was a really weird change in direction mid-song or we just played two tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, I suppose after mentioning you know, the hip-hop and thrash, we thought actually it w- it's just a show. Those are the two, two things that really sort of hit us hard when we were... Oh, how old were we in third year art? God, 14, maybe? I can't remember. But yeah, it was definitely for Metallica and I suppose Ultramanetics and, and obviously Public Enemy. And, you know. and I guess a lot of it is to do with the energy of the music, really, more than anything else for that. Both completely different uh, genres, but you know, it's there's a good buzz about it, basically. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, the uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone's upbeat and up tempo and angry about something, and they express it in different ways. Right? And when you're, I suppose, a 14 year old boy living in North Bristol, yeah, you obviously you're angry. <laughs> cool Keith speaks to you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking like uh, Cool Keith uh, has just did a record well last year, I think, with Larange. Uh, do you know him, a uh, producer in the US? Absolutely amazing, beautiful hip hop. Mellow Music Group is the label. Um, Go and check that out. Yeah, we'll do. Go, go check that out. It's really good. He's still I've seen the name stuff. around, but now I've not heard his stuff at all. So Yeah, no, he's uh, cracking. Great. And he's working with Cool Keith, so he's got to be good. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, Jeremiah J and a couple of other people he's worked with, some proper good names and strong, uh, strong personalities. Uh, so if one of you's into sort of hip-hop and one of you's into thrash, how does that come together to put out a Rocket release? Um, well, I suppose, I mean, that was our, our set out, that was, I suppose, how we bonded, really, I suppose, on music to start with. But, um, I mean, to work on a Rocket release, I mean, I suppose we just got to like it. You know, I mean, we, we get a lot of demos constantly. Um, some, you know, bands have come from demos, some have come from recommendations, some have come from just meeting people along the way. Um, and I suppose if we like it, and we, and we like the people, we like the band, yeah. then we'll put it out. Because, again, I think personalities is, is sometimes as, as strong as the music itself. You know, it has to, it has to work, it has to, you know, all come together well. And, um, and when it comes to releases, I suppose, again, it's, it's down to, I suppose, 
how busy we are as well. I mean, I suppose my, both me and John, you know, we we have to sort of take our own releases on each time because we we yeah you know, we can't uh, both work on the same one because you yeah. overlap. So we sort of take our own projects on, I suppose, in a way, and we look after uh, releases um, e- e- ourselves. And I suppose I suppose that also is because the geography. I mean, I live in London and John lives down in Bristol, so it, 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 we have to be that sort of separate way when it comes to uh, making the records. And some might say that doesn't work at all, but uh, it's well, again, it's. It does work. I mean, obviously, it'd be lovely to be in the same room again, but you never know. We've never done it. We'll probably kill each other. Who knows? <laughs> and, and without wanting to prompt that or some sort of ruckus in the studio, is there, is there ever a time when one of you is working on a project that the other one of you is just really not getting or really not into Would that you would admit? Um, I have to be honest, no. He's got a decent taste, does he? Uh, yeah, generally, it's I'm right. quite... They, you know, we agree on a lot of things, actually. I don't think it's clash that much really no not at all i think well we've always sort of decided you know if if neither if, if one of us is really not into it we won't do it yeah you know both of us have to be into it some might you know some might be some records where one of us may like it a bit more but generally i think i can't even think of one that's like that i think generally we we've got to be into it we've got to like it we've got to be impassioned by it we've got to you know we, and it's not done always oh, this is going to sell records it's just do we like it yeah. it's very much our taste in a, in a way yeah you don't run an re- independent record label to sell records that's madness no exactly wow <laughs> As, uh, one of the lessons you've learned in 19 years of doing rocket recordings right um, oh yeah I mean it is a passion it's a love yeah. I mean you know but also don't forget the industry has changed so much since once we started I mean our first few sevens you know we did as I said that Headley Down White 7 inch and we did another uh, Coventry band called Sword of Caesars and that we released that quite soon I think it was one month after the, the Heads record we got impressed at the same time and at that time for us what was success of two, these two sevens was whether John Peel would play it yeah. and if John Peel played it we were a success we didn't really think about Marketing, or well, you know, how do you get into shops? Well, obviously, we had distribution through Cargo. We've have been with them since day one, and they've been great. They've made sure the records got into shops. Yeah. But it's definitely um, the idea of a success was will Pill play it, and if he did, that's that's for us. We're happy. So, what's the mark of success now? Um, well, I mean. <sighs> They sell, I suppose, you know. I mean, for us, as I said, it is a different time. Um, the record sales are so much lower than they were, obviously. But, you know, as you, as you mentioned, those figures of go right at the beginning, you know, that it is possible to sell records, you know. And that's not selling out. It's not changing your way of thinking, you know. It's, we've always stuck with our sort of our tastes and what we like and if other people like it amazing you know being able to fund releases that you love and putting out bands that you want in a format that you admire and enjoy is definitely not selling out Ah, exactly i mean you know we we don't do this for money money basically comes in and it helps fund the next records and you know and just keeps keeps it flowing and that's all we ask for really you know and if you can make more they then great it means we can be more adventurous with the packaging on the next release or <laughs> we can you know be a bit more uh just just have more fun with with with, with the sleeves or with 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 what we could do with the bands and, and more ideas but again it's 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 the budgets are always restricted by whatever we got at the time so so you mentioned Sawdust Caesars in there. The yes. Second ever rocket release, 1998, would that be? It was be? 90, yeah. The first one come out, uh, the Heads Lily Dan White, was March 1998, and uh, Sawdust Caesars came out in April uh, 98. It was, just, it was a friend of ours called Ian Green, a bit of a legend around the Bristol area, and he, moved, he was originally from Coventry, he had this Coventry band, 
and he made this album. What was it called? Psychedelic Concentration Camp. That's, that's okay. right. He made this album and then he had these two tracks which didn't fit on it at all. And he played them to us and it just blew us away. It's proper, over-the-top, sort of stooges, sort of punk, sort of uh, wah heavy stuff. And for us, that's what, at the time, that's what our ears wanted to hear. So it seemed perfect as our second release. And I suppose put the manifest down after the heads record of what we're going to be doing. Cool. And before we introduce the track, I'll congratulate John on remembering just off the bat exactly what that record was called. <laughs> you, know, that just, you proper threw my hospital pass there. And there it was. Uh, so what's this track we're going to play? Um, this one is called Death of a Guru.
You're tuned into 199 Radio with my favourite labels, and my favourite label this week and every week until the next show <laughs> is Rocket Recordings, and I'm with Chris and John from the label. We're talking about their history, their inspiration, how they met, how they don't remember anything that they've released, and all sorts <laughs> of interesting topics. Uh, that was the sounds of Sawdust Caesar's Death of a Guru was the name of the track. That's right. From 1998. 1998, yeah. We did another 7-inch for them, didn't we? Uh, LSDR, wasn't it called? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so we did two sevens by them. I, I think they've they've sort of a band that just sort of just comes back now and again. And I remember they did a show uh, with another rocket band at the time called Sun Cool Sex. And I think Ian shaved a monk's uh, head into the into the back of his head, especially as a tribute to the monks for yeah, the I was show. Yeah, say just like the monks, just right? Like, just like the monks, did it especially. Yeah, so uh, they were they were a special band, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and what's happened to them now? I have Go no on. idea. I think um, they they live in different places. I. I think they may have got back together and done some jams and stuff that, like a year or two ago. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come back again. I mean, not for our 10th birthday party, we had a show um, and they reformed especially for it. So, so you never know. You never know. You might see them again. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? 20 years next year, they could be like, they could have just eyed this up for 10 years, ready to go. Exactly. Let's see. That, I think that might have been their last show. So you never know. They might be ready for their 10th anniversary of their last show. So you never know. Next and, year, they might be uh, coax them out. And you were saying it was, that release sort of came about from, you know, while your mates or someone in the Bristol music scene at the time. How, yeah. how now... Obviously, you both are in, on different ends of the country and, you know, release records from artists from Sweden or from Manchester or from all over the place. Um, so how has like the release of a record changed from 1998 to 2017? The Internet. <laughs> Done. <laughs> how has anything changed in the last 20 years? The Internet. Like bag. everything. Yeah. Well, you get more T-shirt sales from drunk idiots on yeah. the bus. Well, they, yeah, that is helpful. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's just changed a hell of a lot. I think it's more, yeah, the, the the way people digest music is what's changed the most. You know, as I said earlier, you know, you'd have the radio, you have your your local record shops, and you know, we had some great shops back in Bristol, especially uh, Replay and Revolver. You know, Revolver was sort of run by the guys from Planet Records, which is like Flying Saucer Attack and Movie Turning Crescent. And so they ran the, the the shop at the top of the hill, and the bottom there we had Replay, and that was where the guys from the Heads worked. So you, so on a, on a weekend, you would go to the top of the hill by. Where there's like you no know, kraut and art rock and things, yeah. and then go down and get more psych rock and punk and everything down at the bottom of the hill. And I suppose again, that was you know it was a, a way of her hearing music and I suppose and learning music and and, and and picking things up. Where I don't really see that much anymore with the record shop because people obviously hear or hear something online or maybe on the radio on NTS or something, and they'll just go straight to discogs and buy it. So I think that mm -hmm. that sort of record shop sort of um, relationship of learning and hearing is sort of gone, um, which is shame because I thought that was always the way we discovered but it's just different now you know it's more immediate it's more faster um, and I suppose that affects how you release records you release records to that market so how do you because obviously like you DJ and things like that how do you find new music now as a as a punter as opposed to someone who runs a record label personally me I mean again it's, it's, it's obviously word of mouth I mean, past a year, NTS has been something that I've, I've d dived into a lot and I've found a lot of things from there. Um, but again, I think it's, it's, it's word of mouth. It's reading websites like The Quietist, for example. You know, you mentioned them earlier and read, you know, their, their end-of-year poll or their mid-year poll. You know, there's so much on they've not heard and you'll just go start flicking through it and you'll discover it, you know. But again, I suppose with, with all the bands that we have, you know, as you said, you know, we've got some bands from Sweden, we've got bands from Russia, you know, we've got, we've got bands from, from Italy.
Barnsley and obviously Manchester and London. And yeah, so they all have, they all have their own scenes and, and, and find new bands. And they're quite often, oh, have you heard this? And send us this and send us this link. So, you know, I suppose it's just, you, you don't really have to go out and look for it. I yeah. think it does find you, the music that you, that you like, or the music that we want to put out. Yeah, so how is how's that different? So what was the furthest afield band that you released back in the day? Um, Serpentine Satellite. Peru, right? yeah, Peru. How, how the hell do you communicate? How do you communicate with Peru? Well, I mean, again, this was, you know, obviously this was, this was the, the internet age. Um, when did that record come out? Oh, come um, on. I mean, I really can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was 2009, maybe? Maybe yeah. eight? Or my, I'm going to have to look on Discogs. Yeah. Um, but no, but I mean, they're a band who did a great album. And, you know, the psych scene, I suppose, at the time, which I suppose is something which we're sort of affiliated to, um, was a lot smaller, you know. And so a new band comes up and they sound good. You, everyone knows about them straight away. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's not wasn't many bands, you know, doing that sort of sound at the time. So with Serpentina... Uh, I think we heard um, their album, and I th- that's, that's MySpace days as well, I'm sure. So through MySpace, they would have contacted us, and we got chatting, and then they said, do you want to do our second album? So we did. I mean, we've never seen them live. I've only met the lead singer, Renato, once. Uh, he lives in Spain now, so I've met him down in Barcelona. Yeah. But I've never met any other band members. We put an album back by them, you know. The idea was they were going to come over and tour and all this, but it, unfortunately it didn't happen at the time. But, um, you know, that's, I suppose that's the furthest afield, though, I think, isn't it? Or Nooms in Russia. I don't know. I think, yeah, Peru's further away than, than, yeah. than, than Perm. So, yeah, per, definitely Peru. Yeah. And we're talking, about, we're talking earlier about how uh, each of you sort of works on your own projects, really, when it comes to releases for the label. Uh, who takes credit for Nod? Uh, me, I tend to do a lot of the nod. Yeah, oh, I, well, you did, um, I did it in Nod We Trust, yeah. but you've done all the ones well, since. I don't think it necessarily works in terms of like taking it in turns. It depends how busy someone is at the time. Yeah. So we sort of swap a little bit throughout most. That's how it mostly yeah. works, isn't it? And so I guess it just depends how busy whoever's got a lot on their plate, kind of thing. Really. I mean, the same with that. It's like, hey, Colossus, I think. Um, I mean, you looked after the first... In Black and Gold and Radio Static Heart. Where I did the latest one, because John was busy with other things. So we do, and it is nice to share, because obviously the relationship we have with the bands, we both have those relationships. So we both know where everything is, yeah. and, and, and who everyone is, so it's just good to share it. But we don't just solely, I mean, somebody leads it. So, yeah. you know, Chris might sort of say, can you do this, can you do that, and vice versa. So it kind of works like that. It's not like we're solely on it, no. and we don't touch it. The other person doesn't touch it, so... Yeah, so you're both happy celebrating how amazing this nod work record we're about to play is, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we. I mean, we've said, you know, um, nod are a band who's. I suppose we're on their journey. You know, we where where they go, we follow at the moment. I mean, we we love what they do. You know, and we we, we believe in them. We trust them. You know, I think they're a fantastic band. Um, and. I think that this new record proves it, you know, what, you know, of how strong they are. I mean, every record they do just gets better and better, you know. So um, who knows where they're going to go next to a band that, you know, we don't know, but that's exciting. You know, it's nothing, you know, I suppose that's something which we always like from our bands. You know, it's like we don't know what the next record's going to be like, and yeah. that fills us with excitement. Yeah, John Peel said about the four that they always were different, but uh, well, they always sound, they were always the same because they always sounded different, something along their, those lines, and not a sort of a modern day equivalent. I mean, I know the four were still going and releasing brilliant records. They are, but, they are, yeah. But, we you all know, the four. that is what you have. You know, you have something like, uh, is it Shodland? Is that the name? Is that yeah. how you pronounce that record? Uh, it sounds completely different to, 
this new record. Oh, and so does Infinity Machines. You know, the album two albums ago. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Everything is the it's what the mood, what the personnel, what the equipment they have around them at that time is what they make. And again, like I said, you know, it's it's, it's since we first met them, we've just been in thought. You know, just just love being with them. They're such a great great bunch of people as well. Cool. So, what's this track called? Um, this one's Bodies for Money, which is the first track off the new album.
sounds of Nod, Bodies for Money, the opening track from their new album, which is called Who Wants to Go For It? <laughs> just it, say no. There you go. To, just, uh, say no. Just, just say no. If you uh, were saying before, they, every record is different, but if you enjoyed that then and you don't know Nod, then go and check out their other stuff as well because it is all different but all brilliant, I think it's fair to say. Definitely. I mean, you know, there's. I mean, the first record we did with them was. Um, was, it, was it Dropout? Was that the first thing we did? Um, yes. Dropout. It was. Well, Dropout, which was a, an, a sort of split album made, or con- a collaborative album I did with the band White Hills, who were also uh, on Rocket um, just before that as well. So, and yeah, something they worked with together, and that was our first record with them. And again, very different to, say, that what you just heard, or different to Infinity Machines, different to Shortland. And it's, it's like, as I said, it's, you know, it's, they're a band who are constantly changing and, and shifting around, which is, which is fantastic. And I don't think I've made up this, but I heard the other day, this always a confident start to a story, isn't it? I heard the other day that uh, Paddy, the main guy in Nod, is is moving to Ireland to buy a farm or something along those lines. Is that made up? He is in Ireland now, yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure the full story. I think, didn't he? He he acquired a farm. um, (laughs) As you do, down the back of the sofa. As far as I know, and they've been doing it up, um, him and Marlene, and... Looks amazing from the pictures I've seen. Um, I'm not, and I think the plan is to invite people over and come and stay and maybe record, make music, and you know, and just this great place. I mean, it looks stunning, so definitely be trying to head over there maybe later this year or, over, or maybe next year to see. But yeah, they've done, they've done a great job from what I can tell. They've yeah. really, really made it amazing. Yeah, it'll be uh, up in the uh, production rate of Nod Records, right? For Rocket? Uh, well, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> as, if it, as if it could get any further. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I think, I think that's it. I think you know, obviously you must have heard of his, isn't a mill you know and, mm-hmm. you know they're all based there some are still based there but and yeah um paddy's now moved away now he's setting up this new space in in ireland so yeah we'll see how that influences the sound or influences them and, and the making the music so you know again another change expect a mellow album soon i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly need it after that one i think isn't it um, and one of the things like not a good group well we well i was in uh, Millie oyster festa over in portugal this year you were there last year Chris. yes yeah i missed this year unfortunately but yeah the day before yeah, and uh, Nod had a collaboration with Faust there, which was unbelievably good. Uh, I have got a Faust record with me, but after the last one, I don't think we. I think we might need to calm it down a little bit. <laughs> uh, it, they also did a collaboration with Anthony Child that That's you right. guys yeah. released. Anthony, no, we we didn't actually not? release it. No, um, they put it out themselves. I think on the on. Yeah, CD yeah, only, yeah. only release. I mean, as I said, they you know they are. People, yeah, they, they work with people very well. Like that early collaboration with White Hills, you know, they said like the thing about Charles, like the thing with, with Faust, you know, they, they, and because I think the, the Nod has been a band of sort of changing members, the idea of having different people um, in with them, it actually works, you know, I think they feed off each other. So I think they're a band who works with collaborations really well. So um, I know they've done more with Anthony Charles since, since um, that, that what they released. They've done some live shows together as well. Um, they did a really good live sh- uh, collaboration with another rocket band called Curo. Um, that was in, in Roadburn, part of Nod's um, uh, four-day residency they mm-hmm. did there. Um, and it was fantastic, you know, really, really special. So I think they did it in Bristol as well, didn't they? I think Anthony joined them as well, didn't they, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so it was Curo, Nod, and Charles in, in, at a, a, a great little festival weekend, Nod weekend in Bristol. So, yeah, definitely something special. Yeah, so I'm going to play a bit of Anthony Charles. If you don't know him, he uh, also goes under the moniker of Surgeon techno pioneer really yep. in this country certainly uh, but his solo well his solo stuff it's all him but his, <laughs> the stuff that goes under his own name Anthony Child is a lot more mellow and a lot more ambient he's over the last couple of years he's released through wonderful um, 
labeled uh, Austrian label, I think, Editions Mago. Uh, two collabor- uh, two records called Electronic Recordings from the Maui Jungle. So he went out to Maui, lots of uh, field recordings as well as producing his own music. And this is one from the second volume of that. It's called Nine Personality Type Map. Thank you. 
So that sounds like Anthony Child track is called Nine Personality Type Map. It's taken from the album Electronic Something or Others from the Maui Jungle. I missed it. I, I suddenly lost the thing in front of me that told me the album title. And I am doing the same thing as Johnny, yeah. where he can't remember what the album's actually called. But I didn't actually put any money into it apart from buying my own copy of it. So, you know, well it's fine. <laughs> uh, but no, really wonderful. Love Anthony Child, love Surgeon. And yeah, if you like that, maybe listen and don't know Surgeon. Uh, it's very different, but equally brilliant as well. So we're going to draw a line under Nod. That's what we're <laughs> going to do right now. I think we've, because uh, the, there are so many. There's so amazing. many things you can talk about just there, but yeah. Exactly. Oh, really, really great uh, band. But we can talk about a band much closer to here, Teeth of the Sea. Wonderful uh, London band being released three, four records on Rocket Four now. albums. Four albums and a 12 EP. Yeah, four albums and EP. Well, also we did the uh, Field England live one as well. So yeah, so you could say five albums. I suppose four proper albums they've done and, and a couple of other records. I mean, they are a band that came to us. Well, actually, I was DJing at a Heads gig at the Barden's Boudoir game, wow. Conway, what year it was. And while I was DJing, this guy just ran up to me and just like threw this demo CD to me. And, you know, I just looked at it. I was like, okay. It was a band called Jaws. I didn't know really what it was. Put it to one side. Um, and just had it on a pile with all these other demos and CDs to listen to. As you said, uh, we were chatting earlier, you know, you have this pile of listening things to listen <laughs> to. And it just sat there. I remember actually listening to it. I just didn't know what it was. I couldn't picture the instruments. I couldn't really picture what it was being made here. And this is the time when me and John did a lot of um, sort of sharing compilations. I mean, so I would uh, burn onto CD things I'd be listening to, chuck it in a post to John. John would do the same to me. Again, this is said slightly before, you know, you'd be emailing with streams and everything, you know. So we'd just share music. And I remember I sent, I put one of these Jaws tracks on this compilation to John. And then after a week or two, he got it. I emailed him and said, what do you think of the comp? He said... Really like that Jaws track? What's that? And I, and I was really chuffed he said that because it made me think I'd like that as well. So yeah. then there's, there was an email address at the bottom. I think it just said Jimmy, then an email address. So we contacted them, got chatting, went to see them, and just bonded straight away. Um, and yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, we've done yeah, four, four albums and, and a few other records with them. And I mean, it was with, with T for the Sea when we first met Nods. I mean, it's been, uh, they've been uh, like, like, nods we mentioned before um you know we're on t for the c's journey as well you know they're a band who we have no idea what they're going to do each each release or each per song you know it's it's it's, everything they do is so from the heart and it just comes out into this this amazing music so for us i mean again it's something which we've always just loved and and, and just gone with and you know we we, again another band i think we trust wholeheartedly in, in what they make yeah a band where the members have very diverse music taste so then it shows in the records Totally. themselves all totally. of them are very they different. all bring in their own element i remember um uh, so there was a record shop in bristol garage land and the guy working there used to talk about pop group and when they were around he said you had the jazz heads you had the, the, the punk you had the guys into funk and that sort of made the pop group and in a way tfc sort of has that you know they've each mm. got their own sort of musical identity in a way and okay they they, they they like us they like all types of music each one of them but they sort of do bring their own thing into this band and, and that's what makes it, them i think such a unique um, entity completely so we're going to play a track from teeth of the sea now what uh, we've got black strategy which records this is this master this yes. is off master yes yeah, um so. i mean again with teeth of the sea, what track do you bring what do you play but i don't know for some reason at that moment of time when you said bring some music along this is just one teeth of the sea track i just I've, I've just rediscovered again i just i've been playing it a lot more and yeah for me i think it's just it's just, it's a good, a good example of just how great they are okay so this is a track it's called black strategy 
Thief of the Sea track is called Black Strategy. I reckon that's another sort of slam ending that's going on there, isn't it? It's just going to cut <laughs> straight to it. And at the end, a bit of a chip tune, sort of 8-bitty sort of stuff, which just goes to show that they are a band with abstract taste. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, as I said, they, yeah, they, they were some of their own parts, like as we said earlier, you know, they what they churn out is just, yeah, is, is their personalities and everything else. <laughs> churn out is definitely the right description. <laughs> there, it's, uh, I once made, I was interviewing John Dwyer from the OCs and I made the mistake of calling one of his sort of solo sort of bedroom projects a throwaway record, oh, dear. which was not the word I was looking for. He was visibly offended by that. Uh, but I did like rush to try and correct myself. I just meant it was more of a not studio, yeah, not fully yeah, full bomber. Yeah. yeah, I've learned over, over the last year, few years to calm my words a little bit or watch my language, as my mum would probably tell me. Uh, but you were saying before we played the track that uh, you like to take sort of artists on a journey or like to be on the journey with artists. And it's quite interesting. I'm keen to explore like in this world of a lot of self-releasing and people can put out their own stuff the importance of a label and sort of the importance of working with bands and you know teeth of the sea is much better work uh, much better name than jaws but obviously they threw that jaws demo at you over the dj booth and you've essentially been with them since yeah. then yeah. through all their releases so what is that like like what what is that relationship what is it you know you tie them down to a long contract like or do you is it just like a again i think as i said at the beginning i say it's down to again the personalities you know um it's 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 meeting these people and i say if we get on we get on and and i suppose there is a certain level of trust i mean as i said you know we we really trust what chief c do we 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 believe in 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 their creative output and and what they what they work with so as that's why we're on the journey with them i suppose but again i think personalities is, is as i said right at the start is as important as the music you know we've 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 accumulated an amazing group of friends I'd say from, from from all the bands that we've worked with along the way, we've been actually quite I lucky. Think, I think we're just looking for drinking buddies. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to pass the John test actually when we when when they when we uh, find a new band and uh, all our bands listening, they know what that exactly what that means. The John test is that is it safe for radio? No, no. <laughs> John's got an impressive shade of red. It's yeah. a more pink gun, right? <laughs> It's not just because it's really hot here in the studio. Past the Devon Sun. All right, okay. It's not one of those. Um, Mike Ashley uh, business lunches, is it? Where you, <laughs> did you did you hear about that that court case that yeah. he had where he was um, he has a drinking competition where they just see who can drink the most and for the longest without leaving the room. And so there was a, this culminated in Mike Ashley throwing up in a fireplace and <laughs> yeah, lots of urinating in pubs. I We've think. not tried that one yet, but maybe we can add that to, to the list of, of, of initiations of new bands to the label. Yeah, we can try that one. <laughs> so maybe a difficult question. If, if a band came to you, obviously the bands you work with are perfect and yes. will never do this. But if a band came to you with a, that a longstanding band came to you with a record that you weren't, that didn't pass the test of, we're both really into this. How? What do you think would happen then, or well, has that happened? Well, I suppose luckily we it hasn't really. I mean, it depends, I suppose, on the situation of how busy we are in that time. Um, 
I mean, again, I think because we've got such a good relationship with, with, I would say, you know, all our bands, I think, you know, we can advise. I mean, there's some of the bands we work with, we've sort of taken on a bit of a producer role with some things where our bands have given us some, some, some music and it's nearly there, not quite there, and we've given advice and bands have taken that advice on and gone on and, and we think, you know, obviously yeah. made a, a, a better record or better track. So, again, but some of our bands, you know, they, they may not want that, you know, and it, it, usually it comes perfectly formed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there are times when, you know, we will give advice because, I mean, I'm not saying that we are we know what we're talking about, but um, we will, personal taste, or we can give an idea of maybe if you try that with this or, you know, um, try something different there or maybe make that song a bit shorter or make that song a bit longer, you know? I mean, there's little things we can add and help to make craft something which, you know, which we think could be a bit better if, if we don't think it is fully formed. But we're lucky enough, I suppose, most things that come to us are in pretty good states. And what is that production schedule? Is it that you are involved in the recording process directly or is it a case that a band or an artist goes away, puts together an album, delivers it to the label and says, there you go, you've got it? Um, I'd say every single release uh, or, or is probably quite unique in that in that way. And diff- bands like different things. I mean, some bands want a lot more, I suppose, uh, involvement by us within the recording styles. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you know helping just to put some money in the kitty to record it, or whether it's actually a bit of advice on it. Other bands will actually come with us a fully finished, mastered record. Here you go. Here is the album. You know. So I suppose that every sort of band is is slightly different, or every, each release could be slightly different because depends where they are with, within the, their, their sort of um, the records they're releasing and, and what they do. So, um, I mean, again, what do you think, John? Uh, I guess you kind of learn to like it if it doesn't necessarily <laughs> completely. That's it, yeah. You know, it's like they're testing us a little bit. Okay. So we kind of, it's, you know, taking us in different directions. So I yeah. try and be quite open-minded about it. Well, imagine if you work with a lot of experimental artists, as you do a lot of open-minded artists, as we've spoken about, they are going to, if they're going to release records that are going to question or challenge the public in a way, they're obviously going to challenge you too as well. Because Definitely. if nothing else, you two are fans of the music, right? Yeah. You're like, I am like anyone else listening is. Or should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I say, you know, we, we love the fact that you know, sometimes we we don't know what the next album's going to sound like by a band, which just excites us more than thinking, yeah. oh, they're doing another album. Oh, you know what it's going to be. It's the same again. But we, we don't have that. I don't think of any of our acts, really. Everything is always going to be slightly different. And that's why, you know, as you said, some things may take a bit longer to digest and might, mm. oh, I'm not sure about that. But then you give it the time, let it let it work its way into you. And that's, I think, with a lot of our releases, I would say none, well, maybe say that first Goat album was very immediate for people. Mm-hmm. But generally, a lot of our releases, I say, do take a while to maybe get under people's skin or, or get, in, get into the psyche of, of their heads, you know, because that's good, I think. And let's get in a nice way yeah exactly yes <laughs> it's a yeah i imagine if you don't like it, it gets under your skin straight away yeah. <laughs> but um there's i mean we were talking off mic a little bit about uh, it's about goat when we first uh, the track we opened this show with and saying oh actually haven't listened to this in a long time like you you don't you're saying that you don't really tend to go back a great deal over I to your time no i mean i suppose when we get a new record in um or we're hearing demos you just immerse yourself in the album so much. You're playing it all the time. You're, you're hearing how it changes to then when you get the finished mixes, then you get it mastered and you're listening to it. You then listen to the test pressings. And then obviously the album comes out and you 
we do obviously do go back and listen to these records, mm-hmm. but maybe not as much as you may think, because we're already thinking of listening to the next ones, the next records that are coming through, next dollar demos. And I think most bands would say the same thing. I'd say once the album is recorded, I, I can't imagine they you know, they may listen to it when they, when they first get it out, the, the first copy, put it on, but whether they go back much and listen to it, I think it's like, well, that's done, and it's, it's moving on to the next, I suppose. Yeah, I imagine that you, you're both artists, so you were, it's always that creative juice is always the next thing, right? It's always, that thing is done now, the next thing. I mean, yes, like. yes and no. I mean, obviously, with, with, with the PR of an album, you, you have to still, when the album is the day of release that's in a way the start of the album because yeah. then you're, you're still working on it but more listening to it as much as you did before it probably is different it's more you're talking about it you're, you're emailing people about it you know and, and it's, it's more about the, I suppose it's, it's getting getting into the shops it's getting out there so you, you're still part of you you don't just forget it um, but it's just maybe you just don't listen to it as much because you listen to oh, the, ne- the next round of demos the next round of mixes for the next album you're putting out well for sure and you guys release a lot of music well you certainly have released a a lot already this year so you know that sort of three month promotion cycle that you might be on is always more you know you're promoting more than one record at a time right and totally. you're going on to the next one but you're also going on to more than another record I mean we, we try and sort of you know stagger releases throughout the year I mean you know, we, we can't do more than say two a month is max you know yeah. because you just, you just can't do it you know the, it's not fair on the bands it's not fair on everyone else and obviously you know there's so many records be, being made by so many great labels out there these days people could have enough money to buy these records and obviously people can stream and download but that doesn't really help the band or the label as much so obviously we want people to buy the records so it's, it's about trying to spread out through the year enough to you know that we want to put out I mean we could put out so many we get so many demos which and some are great which don't have the time we do not have the we can't slot it in because we've got i suppose quite a big roster now and you know it keeps us busy you know enough throughout the year to do things but what happens is that all the releases do turn up at one time i mean like this year as you said we've had a busy year but the next six months we have we need a bit of quiet time just to (laughs) to actually get some money back in because we spent so much on on all these different releases so the next track we've got is uh kuro who's someone you've worked with for many many years right um, Kiro is a violinist called Agat Max and a bassist called Gareth Turner and Gareth Turner has been, well, like Chris said, he was on the first ever record we put out. He's, uh, he plays with Anthroprof, so it's kind of like, he, he's somebody also we knew from school, funny mm-hmm. enough. So we've had a sort of, you know, we've grown up with him basically, so we're kind of carrying on that relationship and yeah. So it's another example of just like even, you know, even though a lot of the artists you work with and are more known for working with at the moment, you know, your goats, your nods, your teeth of the seas, they are more, you know, you started working with them, what, early noughties or yeah. mid of the la- midway through the last decade, whereas this is someone from right, this very is, first release. I mean, you could say Gareth was the reason why Rocket started, because it was his gig when sporting the heads with the band Lily Dan White that made us think... Drunkardly, let's do a record. <laughs> Which is madness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's this track? What's the record? Um, this is a track of their first album. Um, they've only done one album, but um, and it's called um, Irashi. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, have a listen. I mean, it's a band which... You know, again, it came out last year. Um, it sort of didn't. I mean, people seem to like it, dig it. They just did an amazing set of Supernormal this year, um, which is which happened a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Oh, stunning set in the barn, um, and they're playing some shows with Helen Money very soon. One in London, the Victoria, and they're doing one in Bristol as well. Yeah, I've just noticed there's a poster right behind your head promoting that exact show. Exactly. So go and check them out. They are amazing live. Really, really special, and um, they're just getting better and better. And this is Arashi. Is that how I'm going to pronounce it? Excellent. 
Sounds of Nooms track is called no it's not it's i'm going well ahead of myself here it's just like and the whole point of playing nooms next spoiler alert is the fact that it sounds completely unlike that so there's no excuse for me getting that completely wrong it's just here ahead it's a bit warm in here it is warm in here yes yes we're here down in our pants and yeah it's 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 getting getting a little bit sexy in here but you know it's uh it's nice anyway but so kuro yes the sound uh the track called arashi yes arashi from the album Kuro, which is Japanese for black. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, as I said, you know, that was off the first time we came out last year. They're doing some shows at the moment and hopefully new album next year, hopefully. Excellent. And we're talking uh, that completely different sounding to everything else. Yes. I mean, I suppose that's something which, again, you know, it's, it's, uh, John and my tastes are different. And, you know, I suppose people say it's, you know, when we first started, we were a stoner rock label because we worked with the heads and everything. And then they say we we're a psych label with the bands who work with. But I mean, I suppose that there is a psych thread that runs through all our music. But then from something, like you said, like Hero to Nod, you know, to like bands like Necro Deathmore we've worked with, to yeah. Flowers Must Die, to Pigs, 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 Pigs. Um, it's, it's all <laughs> very... That wasn't seven. Hang on. Pigs. Yeah, one more. On there you go. Um, it's all very sort of different, and you know, and as, as you mentioned earlier, like Nooms, you know, they're a, a Russian band um, that approached us. One of those weird demos that arrived, which you know, I said we we, we receive a demo a day at least, and you don't have the time to listen to it all. Wish we wish we did, yeah. but we don't. And for some reason, this band from Russia called Nooms. I listened to it and I don't know why just did one of those ones usually that's one which you probably think I'll put it in a pile and forget about it but yeah. I listened to it and absolutely fell in love with it and um, sent it to John straight away so what do you think John thought yep this is pretty good got chatting to them and again uh, one of those bands that we liked them and as soon as they came over to the UK for their first shows and we met them um, and they were just such beautiful souls really nice people and I suppose that really helps it a lot more, you know, it helps the relationship of, of us and the, of, of Rocket and Nooms together. Yeah. And they just made uh, their second album um, earlier this year. And yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's one of our favorite records. Well, every, every Rocket record we do is our favorite record at the time. Um, but again, it's definitely um, an album which we're really proud of. Um, hasn't really um, picked up as much as we may have hoped, but I think it's one of those albums where over the years, people are going to pick it up and go, oh my God, that's a great album because it really is a bit special. And what's the album called? I always get it mispronounced. <laughs> it's the sound of a Russian TV turning off is it yes yeah um because the to record this album they went into an old soviet radio station um and this this radio station had lots of old um sort of russian synths and so they wanted to sort of restrict themselves by making this record on all these old dysfunctioning sort of unreliable synths that sort of popped and squeaked in the wrong places and, and in a way you make that restriction on those sort of like um imperfections into something which makes a record so it, re- it has a very unique um sound we think so that's interesting because you said that and you also described this as a pop record. So I'm wondering how those two things <laughs> come together. Well, I mean, I suppose for Rocket terms, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's quite a poppy album. But um, again, we're not afraid of pop. You know, I mean, we love noise. We love sight. We love heavy stuff. We love techno. We, we love we, we love all sorts of music and pop. You know, you know, we love the Beatles, love the Kinks, you know. Why, why, you know so why not if a good pop record lands on, you, on, your, on your plate? You know, well, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and this is, it's unique. It's not a, a pop pop record, but again, it's a, they they got a good pop element. They know how to write songs, you know. And I think that as well with experimentation and 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 sound exploration, they seem to do it really well. And this track is called Cascade.
I'm really glad the label was in the room with me at that because that was deliberate in the track. That yeah, that big false thing. ending. I, 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 I remember hearing it play on the Six Music, that track, and I, I can't remember which DJ it was now, but he uh, freaked out a bit. It's oh, I missed it, but yeah, it is part of the track. Not going to lie, my heart just <laughs> missed a beat at that exact point. I was like, oh my God, what's that, what are we doing next? What are we talking about? Uh, but no, it's nice to be compared to Six Music anyway. <laughs> I, I, will t- I will take that as a compliment. It was meant. But Nooms, yeah, would you call that pop? Um, I suppose for again for us, I mean maybe not so much that track, but again they're definitely a pop. They, they, I said they've got a pop element to them for sure. But uh, what they do with it is, you know, just take it and go elsewhere with it, you know, which is for us exciting. I mean, I kind of now want to get into a long conversation about Russian music, and there is this incredible scene happening in Russia at the moment, which we can talk about over a beer later, yeah, rather than this. Uh, or we've talked about it on the Independent Music Podcast as well. There's a plug for my other thing. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about it at length there, but you know. New are obviously part of that and it's all very exciting but we are rocket is a record label with 19 years of experience as we talked and 19 years of releases so we're trying our best to squeeze everything in and i brought a lot of music along with me as well which we're not going to listen to and it was largely 
made up of uh, collaborations, so the Anthony Child record uh, with Nod and so Anthony Child, but also side projects of bands that have released through Rocket, also some artists that you've released as well, so like the New Shit and Shine record, yeah. things like that. Uh, but one of the ones that I really love is uh, Henry Blacker. Really yeah. love that band, released on Riot Season Records. Uh, two members of... Uh, Three now. Oh, is the... The whole of Henry Blacker is now actually th- half of uh, Hey Colossus. Okay, so... Absolutely brilliant. One of, the, one of the, the, the track I love of Hey Colossus more than all others is Hot Grave. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, and great track. The chap who sings it, who's it was, that wasn't the person you were comparing me to, was it? No, hey no, Colossus no. Good. <laughs> He's got a great voice. I'd go yeah. with that. But um, he, uh, you know, he sings that song. He's the lead singer in Henry Blacker. Two brilliant yeah. records, which Tim. we urge you to go listen to as well. Um, but that is a segue into... Hey, yeah, hey, Col- hey, playing Hey Colossus, another phenomenal band on Rocket. Yeah, I mean, we've lucky enough to have done three albums with them. I mean, they've yeah, they've been around for ten years or so now, twelve years, and they've released great records on, as you said, right season. Um, and yeah, and the, we've worked with them on the last three, and they just seem to be a band getting better and better and better as they go, um, in every way really. And I think they're yeah, they're, they're really proud to have them on the label, and especially the new album Guillotine. Um, again, it's, it's set another, they've gone another bar higher with it. I think with the uh, songwriting and just being brave, I think, you know, they're, they're, I suppose, came out of the noise scene, um, but they're still very much part of that DIY culture and the, and, and the UK underground, but they're, they're being brave with the sound, possibly, or maybe exploring new ways, going new places, which, hey, as I said from the beginning, we, that's something we always love our bands to do, is to just to try different things and see where you go with them, so... And in Black and Gold, the record that this track is taken from, another one with a stunning artwork and beautiful as a physical artifact yeah. as well, right? Oh, yeah, Black and Gold. Again, obviously, that was the first one that we did work with them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the singer first gave us that image and then we thought of the idea of putting it onto this gold board. And So, again, a bit of a collaborative effort, I think, on, on, on that sleeve. But, yeah, it's definitely... It seemed to, uh, A lot of people seem to like it, you know, which is great. So I've seen people at merch desks picking it up and looking at it or in the record shop look great yeah. on the racks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, very proud of that one. And this uh, this track called is Eyes Dead. Eyes Dead. Hey, I can't remember what it's again. Hey, 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 Dead Eyes Up. It's one yeah. of those lovely ones which you never remember. Uh, <laughs> the music's great though. Exactly. And this is what it sounds like.
Hello, that's Hey Colossus. Sounds of Hey Dead Eyes Up. We've been practicing whilst we're playing, <laughs> practicing song titles that, um, yeah. you know, it's a, and such an amazing band, amazing live as well. Yes, you know, completely. You know, I, I said at the top of this show, I was going to try and control my hyperbole, and I don't think, I think I've done a pretty decent right. job. Well there. done, well because, done. Because, yeah, it's, that band is fantastic. Um, but we're going to, like I said before, we're going to try and squeeze as much rocket out of the last 20 minutes that we've got here <laughs> on One Night Died. And, yeah, so... One, if anyone, if you listen to the first one of these shows two weeks ago, I said right at the very top of that that I was really happy that the record labels were here with me because in my other shows and on the radio, I always get band names completely mispronounced, their track titles completely wrong, and the knowledge of the bands and the records themselves also completely wrong. So I'm glad you're here to talk about this exclusive first play that we've got from a release from 2018? Yes, it's an album that's coming out next year. Um, it's our first album with this Italian band called Mammothones. We've done two EPs with them. One was a split with Evil Blizzard. Um, and they're a band who sent us um, some demos to this new album, uh, probably the beginning of the year. And we've been working with them on it. And it's now nearly nearly finished this track we're going to play actually has been mastered so it is done it's in the can um but yeah so is the new album um coming out next year so we thought it'd be nice to we we're really excited by it actually we gave it a good listen last night and uh yeah it's 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 it's, it's a bonkers record um you can't really put your finger on it it's something which you know it, it's, it's it's great we're really really excited by it so we thought we were worth yeah give you a first play and have we got a, have we got a title for this one yet this one at the moment is called the wrong side and i think we are sticking with that one yeah, but who <laughs> knows this is mammothones or tones Thank <laughs> you. 
the heads phenomenal aren't they i can't believe that's what 20 years old that record nearly yeah i think that one maybe yeah probably about the same time we started i think that record uh, came out is the name um, of the John's, track that's called spliff riff spliff riff yeah, yeah you can you can get that really in the uh, music <laughs> itself can't yeah you, right? it's a bit they used to be it's a bit of their sort of uh, show closer i mean that's some one thing they've all you know used to always finish their their set with um and obviously paul um uh from the band is now in another uh, band of ours called anthroprof and uh, they're yeah. working on a with Gareth as well from Kuro and and the drummer Jess, um, who's been working with Nod recently. So again, it's a bit of a very <laughs> incestuous. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, they, they they've been working on a new album, and we we were, again we, last night we were listening to a few of the first demos, and wow, it's sounding absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So uh, very excited about that. You call it incestuous. I'll call it a perfect match in heaven of like bands that are you know kindred spirits i totally i think i think i think that sums it up far better i've, be, I've been working <laughs> on my words so using all, i've got all the best words <laughs> you know i've done all trumping this but unfortunately that is all we've got time for we could go on for hours and hours and hours and we might if the next show does it if the next show wasn't <laughs> going to be so good well, we do I'm have sure. a lot of things we've not played so yeah a hell of a lot of things uh, we um uh, worth saying as well we played uh, uh mammothones yeah mammothones i think I, i've pronounced that yeah. three different ways <laughs> and i didn't even introduce the track uh that is out early next year early next year uh, more details to come soon and where would where would one find those details when they emerge um oh well obviously all the usual outlets like uh your facebook's and your twitters and instagrams um but uh we've got a, a, a rocketrecordings.com um go there that's for the latest news but then that obviously spits out to everywhere else so it's you know at least just follow one of them you'll be fine please just follow <laughs> one of them and uh, anything else you want to plug right now new, um, new no, house thanks i mean again well, obviously well new house obviously we've played that i mean that's a, it's a great album and um yeah i mean obviously we've got lots coming up um for next year so a lot of your rocket faves and some new bands as well we're working with as well so it's uh yeah it can be a busy year for us, our 20th year next year i think yeah. another here's to another 20 Let's see. Who, Are you going to invite us back in another 20 years? Well, Let's yeah. see. It might, <laughs> might, might, might take that long, but I, I think I could invite you back next time and uh, play completely different music that we haven't to, talked yeah. about today. Thank you. I'd love to. So, but no, no. Thank you so much for coming down. It's been amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Rocket Recordings is certainly one of my favorite labels. And uh, one plug from 199 here. It's our fundraiser on Saturday. Loads of amazing DJs and bands playing 12 till 12. It's a bank holiday weekend, so you can get proper hard on that and you can come and raise loads of money for the station to keep us going and produce more amazing shows or some amazing shows other than this one <laughs> of course um thank you as well to our producer maya who's done a sterling job with two microphones and three people in the studio today uh plugs from me you can listen to the independent music podcast on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and that we play independent music as a podcast every single week rocket recordings definitely one of the top two labels we played but we do play we've played over 2000 wow. labels and artists over we counted them well a, a computer counted them for <laughs> us uh, I, I don't have enough fingers and toes but we, i will be back with my favorite labels on 199 radio in two weeks time two weeks today uh, i'll be joined by doug shipton of finders keepers records absolutely phenomenal record label you can listen again on for to this on soundcloud go to myfavoritelabels.com you'll find a listen again link you'll also find a schedule of all the all the people all the amazing labels i've already got queued up for this show 
And I'm going to close today with a track from an early track from Finders Keepers. This is uh, Yamasuki, who I believe a Japanese sort of vocal group. And this is called Kono Samurai. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.